was this a great chapter or what? <laughs> I think everyone was excited, which is good. So hopefully I can bring you something that um, you didn't get out of your discussion this morning. I wanted to talk first, see, it's Jacob's terrifying journey of faith. And um, poor Jacob, you know. So I want to talk about um, who Jacob is, who he was. A little bit, get us thinking a little bit about him. We did a little bit in our, in our discussion. You know, he was really given a bad name at birth. And he didn't have his father's love. He wasn't a man's man like his brother Esau. He was a mama's boy. Ugh. You know, especially in that time. Because I don't think mama's boys fared very well in that culture. I'm just getting, guessing. So his, his name at birth, you know, we've heard, we've heard about um, Abraham, um, the father, father of nations, and um, uh, Noah was rest, and um, es Esau was red, and then here comes Jacob, the cheater, the wrestler, the supplanter, the trickster. What would that do if that was what your name was? When name, in a culture where names were so important, uh, I don't think that helped him. He also didn't have his father's love. Let me get my thing here. Okay. Um, I wanted to do a little, we didn't really talk too much about Isaac. You know, we have the real dramatic thing on the, um, up on Mount Moriah. And, and, um, but we don't hear a whole lot more about Isaac, except that he gave his wife to save his own neck, too. Um, but you figured this was the long-awaited son, the son of promise. And I'm guessing that he might have just been a little bit spoiled. Um, don't you think? And maybe a little bit selfish. Um, he seemed to have taken God's promises for granted. He, I don't, we're not showing anything in his life that, is, um, that he's, he really had a good relationship with the Lord. Um, he seemed carnal. He wanted, he just loved uh, Esau because of the stew that he made for him, the game that he made. And he was worldly. He did not think that it was right that uh, Jacob should get the blessing. He liked Esau. Esau was the first. He should have the blessing. I read something that, I can't remember where it was, but that he was just kind of an ordinary guy. Just an ordinary guy. Just like we're just ordinary people. And so... Um, but he did not have his father's love, and I think sometimes that's a real hard thing. So um, he wasn't a man's man. Nope, wrong way. You had to know that he was picked on by his brother Esau, don't you think? He just had to be. Got this big, strong brother. And he was not strong, so I think he had low self-esteem, and I think he resented it. And I think that's why he uses trickery to get, kind of get his way. Because he wasn't, certainly wasn't strong enough to get his way. So he, like the stew for the, getting the birthright for a bowl of stew. And um, I think he just, he just wrestled, didn't he? 
All his life he wrestled for whatever he could get. And he was a mama's boy. He was over-dependent on his mother. I really think he was. They, they, it says in Scripture in uh, chapter um, 25, verse 27, that he stayed at home among the tents. That really struck me, that he didn't go out. Um, he wasn't out with the other, you know, other guy, boys that were playing. He was at home with his mom. And um, he obviously did what she told him to do. Even though, you know, the, the whole incident with the cheating on, the, on getting the blessing, you're still like, well, I don't know if this is going to work. Oh, I know. I'll get some, you know, we'll get some fur and put that on my, you know, he just was not sure about trusting his mom either. Even though she was the only person, it seemed, that gave him the love and attention and the significance that he really needed, that we all need. These are God-given needs. And um, so he was kind of a mess. So we have the whole incident, like I said, with the, we all read that. I'm sure you talked about it too. And um, Esau is mad. Isaac is mad. Uh, Rebecca's worried that... Esau is going to kill Jacob, and she won't have anybody, you know. Um, and so Jacob runs for his life. Um, and it was kind of interesting how Isaac did finally give another blessing to, to Isaac or to Jacob. Um, when he was going to go out and find a wife. I thought that was kind of, it, it seemed kind of sincere, even though he was doing it to appease his wife, which guys are known to do. Um, so now Jacob is off in the wilderness. Now remember, this was a guy that was um, used to being at the tents, you know, among the tents. He was not used to being out and about hunting. So can you imagine how scared he was? I would have been petrified. But, you know, I'm from Phoenix, Arizona in 2017. But even so, he was not used to being out by himself. And um, he was scared. And I don't know if he, it says, later he says he, all he had was a staff I'm thinking that his mom probably gave him something to eat along the way, don't you think? But other than that, he didn't have anything. Do you ever feel like Jacob? Do you ever feel scared and alone? Of course we do. So, God has Jacob right where he wants him. He's desperate, helpless, tired, sleepy. That's what I love about retreats. We may not be desperate, but we're tired and sleepy usually, and so God, God can always speak into our lives, it seems, more clearly then. Um, and it's interesting that it was in Bethel where Jacob stops and has 
the dream of the stairway to heaven because that is where God first spoke to his grandfather, Abraham. And I don't know, Abraham did put an altar there, so I don't know if, if Jacob saw that altar or not. So we, are, we have a stairway to heaven and a man. And it is more of a stairway. Um, it's not really Jacob's ladder like the songs say. Um, it would have been more similar in a way to the, um, the Tower of Babel, rocks. And, um, and so then Jacob dreams that there's a man standing over him. Who's the man? God? Jesus. He's Jesus. And he, once again, he gives Jacob the blessing that he had given to Abraham. The land where he is, it's all going to be his and his descendants. Many offspring. The whole earth will be blessed through him. That, and even more here, I am with you and will keep you. I will bring you back to this land. Because remember, he's about ready to leave this promised land to go back to Haran. I will not leave you. I love that. Just like Jesus promises us, I will never leave you. So this is pretty amazing. So Jacob wakes up and he's astounded. So he builds an altar. Wouldn't you? He builds an altar and he renames the place from Luz to Bethel. And he makes vows to the Lord. And this is a Genesis, Genesis 28, 20 to 22. And I want to read this because I hope you can see it. If not, look in your Bibles. I found this interesting. I'll read it and then we'll talk about it. If God will be with me and will watch over me on the journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house and of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Do you notice something about that? That little thing there? Let's see. Me, me, I, me, I, my, my, I, me. Seems a little wrapped up in himself there, doesn't he? It's so, it's so conditional, this vow. If you do this, God, then I'll obey you, which I, I take that give you a tenth as being an act of obedience. So um, we don't ever do that, do we? It's interesting how at this point, even with having this amazing dream, Jacob still sees God as Santa Claus. Sees him, well, he wouldn't know Santa Claus, but sees him as something someone who will give him what he needs and, um, and bless him. 
and give him the blessing of what he feels he needs. Um, and what, what came to my mind is 2 Timothy 2.13, if we are faithless, he is faithful, for he cannot disown himself. And this was all, this, the whole blessing of God here, he was going to see it through, despite what anybody did or didn't do. So Jacob leaves, and he goes to Haran for 20 years. That's a long time. And a lot happened to him there. He falls in love with Rachel. He was cheated by Uncle Laban. He has 11 children, four wives. He relies on his own wits to get what he wants. And he lives in a very unhappy home. Can you imagine for being, having three other wives around? 11 children around? An uncle who is, uh, or father-in-law at this point, um, who is, you know, trying to, you just never know what he's up to because he certainly had cheated him before, so he can't trust him. All of the responsibility of all those kids. So, in chapter 31, we, uh, we start to see a change in Jacob. And um, I think he's really miserable. And I know there are times when I've been really miserable. I've kind of been at the end of myself because I can't do anything about it. And so Jacob sees his need for God in that misery. And, and God has been looking at Jacob this whole time in his misery. That's the, you know, God's just waiting just waiting for us. He's waiting for Jacob. And um, so God tells Jacob to go back home. And that, isn't that cool? Um, that's, what he, that's what he needed to do. He needed to get out of that place. He needed to get away. And that's what God told him to do. And so it was kind of easy for Jacob to obey God. I mean, that's kind of what he wanted anyway, I think but he actually obeys God. And so he flees from Laban, and he still is kind of doing things sneakily and tricky. And, um, but when Laban does catch up to him, when he realizes that he's gone off with his daughters and all of his grandchildren, can you imagine having all of your family taken away by someone in the night? Um, Jacob does profess the Lord's blessing in his life. So, um, I don't know if you all read that part, but um, Laban was, was given in a dream a, me a message from God saying, don't mess with, don't mess with Jacob. So, um, and so he doesn't. I mean, he comes, but he's, probably not doing what he wants to do. Um, and, then, and so they talk, and Jacob says, this profession of understanding how God has blessed him. And he says, if the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been with me, you would surely have sent me away empty-handed. 
but God has seen my hardship and the toil of my hands, and last night he rebuked you, Laban. Isn't God good? That protection that Jacob needed. And Jacob was aware of it. Jacob saw it. And so Jacob actually makes peace with Laban. I don't think he'd had peace with anybody for a while. So he made peace with Laban and they parted ways. But just as they are, he's done with that. Now here comes Esau. I mean, it's just like one thing after another. Here comes Esau. And so in verse 32, verse 1, I had not seen this before. I don't know if you guys notice it, you gals notice it, sorry. Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. Did you notice that? Anybody notice that? Like, wow, that's pretty amazing. And Jacob is still conniving and plotting and planning his own way. This is, I mean, this is just him. This is, this is how he deals with life. So he sends gifts ahead to appease Esau. You know, he sends his servants. He tell them who it's from, da-da-da. And so the servants come back and they say, Esau's coming with 400 men. That, I don't think that was what uh, Jake wanted to hear. And so um, Jacob takes his family across the river to safety. So he's, he's grown up a little bit. He understands his role. It's his protection that he needs. He takes his family across. Of course, he's also thinking, well, if they kill off one bunch, you know, I'll set this other bunch. It's Jacob. It's us. It's, human. it's being human. Um, but Jacob prays. He prays. And sometimes that's what it takes. When, you are, when we're at our wit's end, and it's like, okay, well, I guess I better pray because I got nothing else. So Jacob prays. So we'll look at his prayer. And he says, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, Go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two groups or two camps. Do you, do you hear the humility there? The thankfulness? There's more. But wait, there's more. Save me, I pray. Did I switch it? Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me, and also the mothers with their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. So he's recalling God's promises back to him. Have you ever prayed God's promises back to God? 
You said this, Lord. I believe you. I trust you. So Jacob prays in humility and in an understanding his need. And he's asking for help. Have we seen him ask for help before? I don't think so. He kind of, he was kind of a loner. He, he had it all figured out. He had a plan. Okay. So then we come to, like, the biggest thing. Wait. Wrestling for God's blessing. Can I go back? Yes. Wrestling for God's blessing. And um, this, I have to confess, is from um, Tim Keller because it was so awesome I had to steal it. So kudos to him. Huh? I'm borrowing it. Um, Because when we're wrestling for God's blessing is who all of us need and how we get him. Okay? Because that's who the blessing is. It's It's not a what. It's a who. It's Jesus. So, I didn't spell that right, sorry. Um, There are four parts of what we see in the struggle of Jacob wrestling with God, wrestling with Jesus. He got himself alone. He took his family across the river. He's alone, and it's dark, and he's scared. He's at the end of himself. He, uh, he understands his weakness. He put God at the center, and he came to God in his weakness. We'll talk about all this. First of all, get alone with God. If we, if we don't spend time alone with God, that's where we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to talk with us about what's going on, how we're doing, how we're being, um, to be able to see our mistakes that we're making, the sins that, that we're kind of ca- trapped in. Um, we have to come to him humbly and say, God, this is my problem, and I'm it, (laughs) you know? Um, I remember one time I was, uh, when I was a smoker, and I was reading something about idol worship, and all of a sudden it just struck me, oh, this white thing in my hand is an idol. I'll do anything for it. I'll go, I'll go out first thing in the morning and go buy some because I can't be without it. And it was just shocking. And that didn't come to me in the midst of a bunch of people. That came to me while I was alone with God. So, um, so we have to look at ourselves um, honestly and come to Jesus in humility. And then... We have to understand our weakness. And I think we don't have a problem with this most of the time. You know, when we're in a situation like this, we know. We, 
we can't figure things out anymore. We're kind of bottomed out. And um, he was, Jacob was scared, and he was needy, and he knew it. And so, but that is the kind of the uh, posture that we need to have coming, coming to God in our weakness. Say, I here, it's a mess. Please deal with it. So, one, alone and understanding our own weakness. We need to put God at the center of our lives. And Jacob had to do that. And Jacob, um, in this wrestling, I think he finally gets it. And I'll talk about it in a second. In fact, I'll talk about it now. I'll talk about it now if I can find. I didn't write the, the note on it. Right in the middle of the wrestling, when, he, when the man just touches, just touches his hip. And that, that's where Keller sees the switch because he sees in, in Jacob's mind, this is God. This is God that I'm wrestling with. And, and he sees my whole life. That's who I've been wrestling with. It's not Esau. It's been God. And so, um, so he realizes that he, he was not submitting to God. He just couldn't do that, and here he is. And that changes right then from wrestling to hanging on. Give me the blessing. Give me the blessing. Because he realized that the blessing that he wanted all along was God. It was Jesus was the blessing. That was all Jacob needed. That the periphery. God, give me the riches. You know, God, give me the give me the birthright. Give give me the love. Give me the pretty one. It doesn't that doesn't matter. That's all that's all as Keller said, that's all the, the suburb, suburban stuff. Jesus is the city. So that was the switching point. The fourth one, we need to come to God in his weakness. Now, on the way home from retreat, um, Susan Stoops and I were listening to the tape of this, CD of this, and we both looked at each other and said, his weakness? God's weakness? That didn't make sense. So, what? It was God's weakness. It was his self-imposed weakness. And this is the most amazing thing of all. God is the creator of the universe. He can explode stars. He could have wiped Jacob from here to kingdom come. But God chose to make himself weak. And Jesus, did I change it? Yes, Jesus made himself weak so that he couldn't overpower Jacob. He couldn't over, what? He didn't want to crush him. He wanted to change his heart. 
Keller talks about lying on his back when his kids were little, wrestling with him, because he couldn't, he could certainly have taken him out, but that wasn't his heart to do that. He wanted to, he wanted to have fun with them. He wanted to play with them. God didn't want to take Jacob out. He wanted to change his heart towards him. Jesus was willing to be weak so he could give Jacob his blessing. Just as Jesus was willing to be weak when he came to earth as a man and he stripped himself of all of his privileges, Philippians 2 tells us that, he gave it all up to come to earth as a baby, weak as a lamb, so that he could be hung on a cross. And he hung on that cross to take the blows of justice that we deserved so that we could get the blessing, that we could get Jesus. It's amazing. So... This is the pathway we can take, We've, mo- most of us have taken, I hope we all have taken, to understand who Jesus is. And um, Hebrews 12, 2 and 3 just came to my mind when I was doing this. So I'll read it for you here. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And he was the author and finisher of Jacob's faith, too. Who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Even when life doesn't look so good, even when it can be somewhat terrifying. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the promises that went all the way back to Abraham, all the way back to the garden, actually, that you... uh, would bless us, that you would bring us good and not evil, despite our own weaknesses and our failures. You would love us. You would send your son to die for our bad choices and our deceit and our wanting what we want when we want it. Lord, I thank you for your son who became weak for us. I thank you for your spirit that uh, guides us and directs us and leads us and conforms us to the beautiful likeness of Jesus. Amen. Amen.